Welcome to the Hoops and Huddle podcast. I am Malika, and I am joined today by my favorite, my favorite Miami Heat fans, Jeff Cake. And man, we going to, Siobhan, I, I, you know, like we, you guys introduce yourselves, where people can find you, and we're going to get started talking about y'all beloved, beloved Miami Heat. Ladies first. Hi, people. I am Siobhan Beslow. Um, you can find me on the Twitter under the same Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, um, under the same name, S-I-O-B-H-A-N, Beslow. Um, that's mostly I'm there. Shout out my group, Miami Heat Beat. Um, I have some stuff on our Heat Beat YouTube. There's a bunch of goodies over there, but I'm mostly on the timeline until I'm back in an arena or something. <laughs> And one thing I will say, you follow her on Twitter and we'll have a link to this. And, you know, like when we promote, push the episode, a link to her profile, she gives the dopest breakdowns of games and videos you will find throughout the season, WNBA, NBA. She's a master of breaking down film um, and she's a lead at it to the point where sometimes I have to go, okay, could you break it down for the non-basketball <laughs> on-court savvy people? And JFK, can you uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is JFK. You can find me on uh, Twitch at CakeBoss, C-A-K-3-B-O-S-S. Um, I'm usually there and also part of the uh, Who Spaces YouTube with JP, the franchise. You can catch uh, Heat and Five next season coming up. It's going to be season two that I'm doing um, the YouTube videos with JP uh, franchise and with Chris who spaces. So y'all can catch me on that. Cool. So what, and you know, like, I know we were looking forward to the Jane, the Damian Lillard trade going down by now that hasn't happened. So as you look at you guys roster at this point, um, you know, what are you guys thinking? I'm thinking that trade is going to happen. Um, you know, like, I think that the GM over there just, I don't know, like, I, this trade should have, you know, to me, it should have happened by now. <laughs> but, you know, as you look at you guys' roster, let's dive right in. Um, how do you see Dame Lillard plugging in? Do you think this trade is not going to happen? Let's just take care of that can of worms from the beginning. And if it happens before this episode drops, hey, you get their perspective before it happened. Let's go. Yeah, um, okay, you go first. <laughs> All right, so with the whole Dame Lillard thing, um, I probably had an opinion that wasn't quite with the rest of Heat Twitter, but that's okay. I'm usually not with Heat Twitter. Uh, I've been with this franchise for a minute, so I kind of understand what goes on. Um, when you look at uh, the trade and, and the values and assets, that was the most important thing um, I think a lot of people were looking at, and it's fair enough to look at it, but I think one of the things that happened is that a lot of our assets were devalued um, right after the finals, which was weird. And we they thought that we didn't have enough or uh, we shouldn't, uh, you know, we should be able to give like the whole truckload. But then I realized that this is the same team that made it to the finals with Max Truce and gave Vince a starting. And with those two leaving, obviously, uh, we needed to bring in some, you know, depth. And I think we've done a good job uh, with the pieces that we did add before the trade um, with the Thomas Bryant. And also with the Josh Richardson, bringing the rook number one back uh, back home for a second stink. So I think overall we did fill out um, where we needed to of what we just got rid of. And I think we did add some size, um, which is really good. 
uh, the most important factors I think we can take away from this offseason is just uh, first the recovery of Tyler Hero and how he's been showing out within the Miami uh, Pro Leagues. And then also Nikola Jovic finishing up his uh, world, I guess you could say, FIBA run right now with the, the Serbian team. So uh, finishing off with um, nine for nine, going for, what, 20 points or something like that. So he's basically perfect. It's the type of experience that Eric Spolcher was looking for in the offseason. Uh, this is what we got. Um, I don't think we fall off at all uh, just because I think what we have is such a young core. And I think it's more of a, the continuity thing than anything else. Uh, we still have pieces and, and contracts that we would love to get rid of uh, in order to acquire Dame. And I think when we talk about Dame, he's more like a plug and play type of guy. Sorry, I went on mute, but yeah. I don't see I don't see that um, it's going to be an issue if he does come, uh, because I think the main thing that Pat Riley stated was what, um, who our anchors are on the team. It's Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero. So I think when you look at that, anything else is available. But even with the addition of Jaime Hakez, that's another size uh, mm -hmm. and experienced guy that mm -hmm. we're adding on. And it helped us with defense. I mean, if you really think about it, Aaron Gordon killed us in the finals. So at least we're adding on certain type of size to help us with that situation. But um, with the Dame Lillard watch, I know we're on Dame 60. Uh, shouts out to that Twitter. I don't know who it is, but he's been keeping it up with Mr. Krabs all day, every day. <laughs> I don't know so. who that is. <laughs> Give it yeah. day 56. <laughs> Yeah, so I think today is number 60. Uh, he just grew some gray hair on his beard, and I think Dane Lillard's on the island right now. So we're still on watch. Joe Cronin, you're still on the hot seat. Yeah, I mean, Dame has still made it clear where he wants to be, so he hasn't backed down from that. Um, give your give – your, I'm ready. Give your perspective. Let's hear it. I have, uh, I have had so many thoughts about this throughout the course of the whole offseason. Um, I will – qualify everything I'm about to say with I understand the talent that Damian Lillard is I understand um, why his skill set is one that feels so desperately needed by um, this heat team scoring. Yep. yeah his scoring punch and, and for me but see that's the thing too I I want more people to have more nuanced conversations about scoring and kind of how the scoring happens and how it looks like. I think for me, the biggest thing with Dame is the, the two biggest things is his ability to get downhill. He's one of the best downhill guards um, in the game at the moment and his being able, his ability to shoot off of the bounce. And so depending on the coverage you have, something at your disposal that you haven't had, especially with Tyler's uh, post-season post, post -season injury history. Um, So I understand the, why Damian Lillard is valued. I understand why he's coveted. I understand why such a huge fraction of uh, Miami fans, you know, really, really want to go all in about it. I personally um, am not one who has – I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone this route. I don't think that Miami needed to go this route. I think that you are coming off of two finals appearances and three Eastern Conference championships in the last four years. Something about that to me says that we should um, not have more at our disposal. Um, but I, I feel like I understand why we're waiting. I just I don't think that they necessarily needed to go the Dame route. You did need more storm. You did need more depth at the point guard position. Kyle's 37. Um, Gabe has been a revelation to a lot of people. I've been riding Gabe since like. Yes, you have. You've been. Yep. Yep. Since the end of 2020, people 21. were even mentioning him. 
you were like you gave were them my boy. Yeah. So I'm yeah. very happy to see him materialize. Um, but I, I think for me, the Dame thing is sticky because kind of like at what at what cost, at what price? I understand what you get back. And and Miami fans have this thing that uh, you know, we have such a such a skill at developing kind of undrafted or or uh, overlooked or you know a lot of these types of things and we do and we do a really really good job our player development department is great um but max was with us for multiple runs gabe has been with us since the bubble and so yes we do a really good job at building people up but there is something to what um cake said earlier about continuity and i don't know that it's so much that our assets got devalued after the finals i think some of the assets were, were moved. We lost Gabe to or um LA signed Gabe three years, 33 million. We signed and traded Max to Cleveland for a second round pick. That's it. And at the time, you know, they were some of the people that helped really push us through the the postseason run. Yeah, they had struggles in the in the finals, um, them and Caleb. But all in all, I I I would have liked to see Miami kind of go a little bit different of a route. Um I really want to keep Jovic and Ami. Um, I doubt that both that I that both of those things happened. Um, I would prioritize keeping Jovic over someone like a Caleb, uh, Caleb Martin. There's just now that we're here though with the Dame thing, they can't afford not to land it. I think they're too far gone. They're too deep in the process to kind of um back away from it. I just I personally I don't I wouldn't have liked them to go this route. Um, but I, I understand how he fits and I understand the way that I think Coach Spo is going to use him. So I get it. I just don't necessarily like it. You wouldn't win another route that gets scoring. Um, yeah, I would have I would have gotten more scoring and I would have we need a four. We're still very we don't have a starting four. We still need to address the point guard situation. Is Tyler gonna be our lead playmaker? Like we have a lot of things. We have, I think, more holes than Dame kind of plugs, especially if you have to give up things that were plugging some of the holes that's a good point um that's a good point you got any responses to that jf before we continue yeah i actually do got a response to that um i think siobhan's correct 100 percent on a lot of things and i think what's happening right here is a lot of heat fans uh don't understand patience um it took patience for us to land lebron um and for us to form that team it took patience for us to get rid of Cron Butler, Lamar Odom, Eddie Jones, and Brian Grant for Shaquille O'Neal, and for us to put together a championship team. And I think it does take time. Uh, here, Here's a double-edged sword uh, with the Damian Lillard that I'm kind of looking at right now is the age of 33. Uh, when we look at the windows of things, uh, what window are we going by? Are we going by Dame's window, Jimmy's window? Or are we going to go by the window of our young core, which we have? And I think if we really look at it, um, it would be feasible for Miami to go with the young core window, uh, which means that Dame Lillard would be a great asset, but at the right cost, not at the point of giving away your young assets, what's going to help you later on in the future to hold that window open. And to be honest with you, one thing that I have been looking at, and I might be a little bit far-fetched, uh, is Eric Spolstra on that USA team and his influence <laughs> around those people and, uh, around yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's not it's not something that we can't ignore because at the end of the time, uh, influence is probably the main thing and how things are perceived. And perception is everything. Uh, look, the, the wins during the regular season could look nice, 
But who makes it to the championship? Who gets knocked out in the second round? You get what I'm saying? So when you look at it, I think there's a couple of names to look at as the Ant Edwards, Brandon Ingram, uh, maybe somebody else on that team that I'm not really thinking of. But I think what's happening right now is that you see that during this Dame fiasco or whatnot is that people like James Harden have requested. Uh, Juwan Bede has said he's unhappy. A lot of people have uh, been wanting to move around. So what you want to do is keep patient. And I think you do snag Dame at the right time. And I think the right time might be the same time that we got Kevin Love, which is the buyout market if that ever happens. So if, if I have market, this Dame Lillard, you're going to get him, you need to get, I mean, I don't know. And that's the, I, go ahead, Malika. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. I just what think that somebody like a, like that's, you know, Kevin Love, yeah. you know, Dame Lillard, that's a whole different level of talent. One of the, my, one of my issues with Dame Lillard, not issue, I love Dame Lillard, so I don't have an issue with him. I'm looking at his size of his contract and, you know what I mean? And I'm looking at the st- I'm looking at you guys' contracts right now. You guys are over the second apron already. Yep. Um, and then, you know, that limits what you can do moving forward. And then um, bringing him in, you guys are for sure going to be over that second apron for years to come because you're going to have him and Jimmy right there and Bam is going to be there. Those three alone, mm-hmm. like – 125. It's good to have you got that you guys um, are really good at developing talent um, because, yeah, um, you guys will be stuck with that lineup for a good minute and we'll have to develop the pieces you're missing. Um, So it would be interesting. You can do so much development and and you can or you can do all the development you want. At some point you have to. I think that Miami always has this thing where they, they, they have to find a balance between developing and maintaining long enough to like be like be gelled together but also moving off of assets because that's what they always want to do while the asset is still high to Mm -hmm. your point about Mm whose window they're 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 operating under jimmy's window without without question that's why their dame moves feels so urgent and malika your point about these dame is due for 46 million next year 49 million the following year. Um, we still got Duncan on contract. Tyler Hero's extension kicks in this season. Yep. Kyle Lowry is in my pockets for 30 million. Um, so like it's a lot Miami of Miami's very top heavy. Yeah. But I one of the options that I thought about that, and I don't know how many people, you know, feel about it. And I know that this particular player has a stigma or whatever, but they flirted before. Um, and there was some traction, but we were unwilling to give up Tyler to do it, is what the scuttlebutt was. Something like a James Harden and Tobias for Kyle Duncan. And I forgot the third person I had. You get scoring, you get more size, you get sturdier defensively, and you don't re-sign them. And that's like 70-something million off your books the following season. Like, I I think that there are ways to address, um, and I don't (laughs) pretend to be like a capologist. It's a bunch of numbers I don't have uh, all that time to get into like all of that or the desire but you're looking at know. fit how they fit with your team how they'll fit with I mean I'm thinking about James Harden mixing with um you know like Jimmy Butler I like, think Jimmy would be good for a James Harden Jimmy wouldn't tolerate a lot of this stuff tolerate James nonsense at all like and, that, but neither would Pat like they would no the the powers that be wouldn't sign off on it unless they felt good about the decision but you know what this James Harden thing? 
this James Harden, uh, and, and it's funny that you mentioned it, but here's one person that was on the Heat that I think is close to what we're going to have to deal with James Harden. is Deion Waiters. And if we get James Harden, I think that's another type of player we're going to be dealing with. And I think it might be a little bit controllable, but not, might not. At the end mm. of the day, I do like it from the standpoint of adding that defensive and scoring and then moving off of $70 million next year, which is perfectly fine because that gives you room to – for the next two years, you still got your draft you picks and you still play with. And you still have exactly. the guys. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I feel like when I asked that question about the window and you said it's Jimmy's window right now, <laughs> I totally understand why they're trying to go into on Dave right now. But I still believe that uh, I'm not sure if it's true or not. They haven't had a meeting between Portland and Miami. And I think when they do have that meeting, it, it's going to bring to some realizations for both sides of the room of what needs to get done. Uh, obviously, we already seen up until, what, yesterday, Jimmy still clocking on the Dame time and still putting that on IG and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we already know that's the, the probably the end all, uh, the, 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 the end of the story. But the question is, what happens through the story to get to that end part? Um, and I think here might be two things that are true. Uh, Nikola Jovic and Tyler Hero. And I think those are two pieces that we're going to try to keep on to. If we do try and get uh, Dame Lillard, uh, the reason why I said it is because Jaime Jaquez's contract dropped, what, 30 days after his his request. And I thought if they were going to deal him without Jaime Jaquez, it was going to be before that 30 days. But now that it's after the 30 days, I'm going to have to include him on that, which is not that big of a deal because I still think um, adding a Thomas Bryant is still kind of sufficient in my eyes a little bit uh, with adding size. And then maybe Josh Richardson, in some aspects of defense or whatnot, but I still would want that Jaime Jaquez just because his youth and he can, I think, develop well next, next to Jovic. And I think if you have a lineup of Bam, Jovic, Jaime Jaquez, and Tyler Hero after the Jimmy life, that's not so bad to look at. Mm-hmm. Malika, one more thing, and I, and I know you say you didn't want to spend a lot of time on this. I've just had so No, I, 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 you know, like, I feel like with that trade not happening, just- um, you know, with Miami, what if you got, my, you know, after you're done, my next question we're going to go into, what if you're going into, this is what you got. You're over, you know what I mean? Like you're over the second, you know, you're over that second um, yeah. apron. So we'll talk about the season as Miami stands right now. I wanted to start off with Dame and then move on. Okay. Yeah. This is your roster. What, where are we going? So go ahead and respond and then you can go right into that. I got you. You, you talked about, um, you know, we got Kevin Love at the at the bio market. Then Malika said, right, but this is Damian Lillard. My there are people who are of the mindset that the longer this drags on, the worse it is for Portland. And I'm a little bit um not even a little bit. I think I just disagree. I think the longer it, it kind of drags on, it keeps Miami in a particular type of spot. They're a first class organization, so they know that they're about their business. And so everyone in that locker room understands that they're a piece that could be packaged to you know, help us go do some other things. But you're you're nearing training camp um, and you want as much certainty around your group as you can get. And I think from a Dame perspective, the idea of waiting until the buyout or the trade deadline to go get him, is I feel like it's a bit disrespectful. Dame has been a stand-up guy his entire career and now finally voicing a desire to play somewhere else has dealt with with so much ridicule over the last like however many weeks 
And there's people that are still causing or like asking for him to do more. If I'm Dame, I'm looking at both of these front offices, but more so Miami. Like, look, I've stated my intention. I've stated my desire. And I've said you guys and like you guys only at this point, it's on y'all to do what's necessary to get me here. If that's what you really want. Going into the season, though, if it is Dame at, you know, at a later point and we got to ride until February with the group, you know, I, I, I'm looking at our roster now. I like a lot of the group, but I still have a lot of questions. I don't know who our starting point guard is. My point guard depth chart is Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero and Drew Smith from our summer league team. Um, our twos, fine. I can do something with Josh Richardson and and maybe Caleb there, Jimmy at your three. I still don't know who is our starting four. We have Kevin Love. I don't know that I want extreme doses of Kevin Love, mm -hmm. um, you know, heavy, heavy usage for him. Thomas Bryan is going to be your backup five. So I we have holes at the four. You still have Duncan Robinson, which we've played at the four. We started the season with Caleb starting at the four. Um, I don't think that I would do that. I think I start the season with Haywood Heimish at the four. <laughs> Haywood Heismith. I'm I, I said his name wrong because um Tiffany, my friend and I from Heat Beat, she calls him Hamish. But um Haywood Highsmith has been um kind of revelatory for them. So I I you know, it it is what we have at that point. Bam Thomas, Jimmy, Jamal, Tyler, Haywood, Triple J, Nicola, Kevin Love, Kyle. Um, there Orlando Robinson, shout out to him. He he's played really well over the course of the summer. So I mean, I, I see a lot of kind of internal improvement, um, but I still know that there that we have holes. We have point of attack defense holes. We have post defense when Bam is switched out holes. We have rebounding holes. Um, and you know, when we're unhealthy, we, we have depth issues. So, um, going into it, I'll be interested to see everything, um, fits or, or how Spo goes about making it fit and the pieces that are here fit. Um, you know, I don't know that it's enough to get Miami fans where we're so comfortable and just have this sense of entitlement to just be, um, but I don't hate it. I'd miss I feel Max. like there's some more. Dave. There's another move that could be made, yeah. um, before the season still, like to 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 you know fix it up a little bit, um, but yeah, um, yeah, Spo has worked wonders with less, so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, just just to go off the top, what's that of my smile? Head? You got a funny looking smile on your face. <laughs> no, because you know what. I, sometimes I got to sit back and be grateful about things. Like, that was not that bad of a list. Last year, we started with Dwayne Dedman on our roster. And, geez, you already know how that ended up, all right? So, I'm, I'm okay. so much flack. <laughs> he was not good, but he was not god-awful. <laughs> when, when, when Dwayne stopped and looked for uh, a call from the ref and got the ball stolen, I think I had it up to there because that's something I see from my 12-year-olds I coach at football is when you, when you cry for a call instead of playing. Uh, but <laughs> – I, I am kind of, I'll say, content uh, with the roster. And I think uh, before I get into it, I'm going to say this. Uh, girls usually get what they want. And Ms. Zaya Hero, she's probably going to get what she wants this year. She's been asking her daddy to score 26 points this year and then also shoot 92 from the free throw without shooting uh, three uh, free throws at a game. So I really hope that <laughs> happens because if that happens, that kind of clears up a lot of answers of, of how our rotations can be. 
from what we saw, uh, we were going into the playoffs without Kevin Love starting. Uh, and then when Kevin Love started, uh, we saw a little change in our game. And I think when we see that, we need somebody who's able to uh, – and uh, we're talking about the four, we need somebody who's able to rebound and also to pass the ball um, in good situations and then also maybe score when they need to. Uh, again, you got three people you can look at. You got Hami Hakez, you got Nikola Jovic, and then you got Kevin Love. I don't think they're going to start Kevin Love because – it, I think it's good to bring Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry off the bench, maybe with the Tyler Hero and, and uh, Caleb Martin. I think that's a little good um, rotation right there because it adds experience and youth and scoring. So it's kind of like everything you need and also defense on certain aspects. Uh, you can also throw Thomas Bryan in there as a backup five. And you're still, you're still cooking with grease um, a little bit on the backup. So I'm looking at if our second rotation is good, then, Anyone you put in our first rotation with the likes of Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler Hero, and whoever those last two are going to be, are going to be able to fit within that, that uh, I guess you could say, that starting five. Because obviously, we already know those three demand the ball a lot. So what the other two need to do is, A, the point guard needs to come in, facilitate, and make sure he, he gets the ball in certain places. And then also, B, uh, whoever the four and five is going to be, because we already know it can be interchangeable with Bam, uh, depending mm -hmm. on the matchup. They just need to come in and rebound and make sure they get the rebound and play uh, no second-chance points. And I think those were our two major issues last year is that we lacked so much in rebounding that we gave us so much second-chance points that we had to be more efficient on the offense end. But when we weren't efficient, our offense was terrible. So it kind of lacked on that uh, when it came from our defense. So I'm just looking for us. Maybe Thomas Bryant does get the start. Um, I know they're speaking about how Pat Riley and Eric Spolcher will keep the eye on him because they worked him out before he got drafted. They wanted to get him, um, pick him up, uh, but they let him go to the Lakers and they saw when what he was doing with the Lakers when AD was down. Uh, they're like, okay, they develop he developed into exactly what we thought he was going to be. Let's go ahead and try a second around then. I think for what two million, um, is a good contract, especially with the young guy. He's like what 27, 28. Great pickup. Um, I think we do have room to make one move and that one move may come with the Dame Lillard because obviously we're going to get rid of um, more roster spots in order to require Dame Lillard. So we're going to have to fill that up. Um, but if we don't get that, um, I don't know if they're going to try and move on from Kyle right now with the contract. I think they might just try and eat that or uh, go into, I guess you could say the buyout market or whatnot. But I think Kyle's still going to show his use all coming off the bench um, defensive purpose because let's be real. Um, last year's bench, uh, throughout the whole playoffs, he was probably the most consistent bench player we had uh, talking about scoring and defense. And I know there's a lot of interchangeable pieces coming into that starting five, but one person you can count on was Kyle Lowry coming off the bench. So with that being said, going into the season, I think we're fighting around that four and five spot in the East. Um, just because I think that other teams are going to want to play their best basketball against Miami, and that always happens. And I also think that there is going to be some type of load management uh, with Jimmy when it comes down to that. Um, but I do see some type of a volume increase when it does come to Bam and Tyler and see how they can work that pick and roll. I think they're going to try to work that out um, with them on the court at the same time. And maybe Jimmy coming off um, with the second unit by himself so he can take majority of the volume shots. So. Uh, it all really depends, but I'm not too mad about it. I'm actually a little bit more confident, like I said, than last year. So if last year turned out like that, a finals appearance, then 
I can say that we have a good chance of making to at least the Eastern Conference Finals just because uh, I don't see any other Eastern teams really progressing like that. Um, number one team that I would say would be Celtics. But again, we just saw Kristoff um, Przingis with a foot injury, so he's going to be out for some time. Um, so uh, a, a piece that I would say that we could look would be somebody on the Celtics. Malcolm Brogdon, I don't know why he, he is jumping on the screen to me. Maybe a Grant Williams is jumping on the screen to me. But some somebody like Grant that. Grant Williams so. is in Dallas. Oh, he's already in Dallas? Oh, see, I didn't even know that. There we go. So, yeah, if it's not somebody like within that caliber, then it, it's kind of hard for me to see Miami pick them up. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for that. Um yeah, because, you know, the East, one thing I I'll always hate about the East, I always want them to be more, you know, have more top tier or mid tier teams, at least. It's always like the East, you know, the coast I live on. I always got to stay up late and watch the better games. Um, so with the East, um, I think the Knicks are okay. Um, yeah, they're mid tier. Um, I like what they're cooking, but they're mid tier. I love my Nets, but we'll see. I Y'all mean, have so much in. going for you. I, I mean, I like my team. I love, I love, I the love Nets. your roster. My, my, my only issue with the Nets is where is the scoring going to come from? We'll see. What? A consistent scoring. We will uh, see. I think we'll be better defensively. Like we worked well together last season. Um, once you know, like I think we need to, we need Vaughn and his staff need to figure that out. But I like what we have. But scoring is definitely my concern like you know but this is a Miami Heat space and um I don't want to go down my Nets um concerns on your time <laughs> when I look at um Joe Jovic um that's his mm-hmm. name right Joe I you know like I like what I'm seeing from him during um summer league um you know this is the type of experience that can really help him um moving forward um I like your pick, I like your draft pick, Jaime. Um, I think they can both play. It'll be interesting seeing how Spolstra um, continue, you know, like builds with Jaime and, and then, you know, like the player development team and, you know, even improves, you know, works with him more over the year and see where they plug him in. But Jovic, liking what I see there. When you look at Spolstra and his uh, silent recruitment to Heat culture, um, you had Anthony Edwards mentioned heat culture. He understands it. And, you know, the team USA players, you know, you know, kind of like in Spolstra as heat fans. And you see that, does it excite you to see that your coach, and one of the greatest coaches, um, in the NBA, you know, like silent recruiting, that's what I call it. Silent recruiting. <laughs> he just has to be himself and players and see why they want to play for him. That's all it is. And so I think it is exciting for that point you made right there. It's just He's just himself. Spo has such an exuberance about the game of basketball. And he just, like, is very appreciative of what he gets to do. And he coaches guys. And he – he people mention all the time about he how he isn't afraid to actually coach guys. It's coaches in a league that, like, won't push certain people, that won't um, uh, – or, or that will back down a bit easier to um, – kind of some wish making that coach Bolster doesn't do Pat Riley doesn't do the top heat Alonzo morning like 
Shane Battier from the from the top down as an organization, we have a, a way about doing things. And so I I am excited um, with Spo having the opportunity to be a part of the um, you know the World Cup um, coaching staff. Someone made a comment. Someone tweeted the other day, like you know they messed up letting Coach Spo just be around all of these guys. We seen Spo, you yeah. know, like he said, put a five course meal together with a Twinkie and two peppermint, and to you know be in the ear of legitimate talent. Um, in in size, I think does bode well for the future of the organization. I've loved what I've seen out of Jovic this summer, um, and 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 FIBA. I've been high on him since the draft. He's someone yeah. that I want to keep out of all of the talks. I think his ceiling is incredible. I think Ami is a bit more ready to play at this stage than um, Jovic was when he was drafted last year. Ami has a great body. Both of them have really, really good feels for the ball, for the game. Jovic's feel for spacing is, is beautiful. And all of his life, he was a primary ball handler. This guy is um, Nikola Jovic. He's 6'10 and has been like uh, the ball handler for his clubs all 19 of his years. And so it's a transition getting him off the ball and playing more of a, a stretch big um, type of position. I want to see him with some playmaking opportunities this season. I want to see him a bit on ball, especially in the like dog days of the season when we, you know, have some games that we should be tinkering to see what combinations work. So I hope they use him creatively. But yeah, to your original question, I'm, I'm very happy um, that people are giving Coach Spolstra the credit that he deserves. He hasn't just had like super teams and then even with the egos and the talent of LeBron, Chris, Dwayne, all of that, like you have to coach, you have to put that together. You can't just put three mm -hmm. pieces of talent, like KD, James, Kyrie. And like, it never, it never quite came together all the way, but a lot of that. Don't remind injury. me. Don't, don't <laughs> a lot of that was injury and other things, but very happy for Spo and what his exposure could mean for the program down the line. Especially when Ant Edwards has already mentioned heat culture, but go ahead. And uh -huh. the Ant Edwards D Wade comp is a thing. No, it is. I love I love Ant. I love Ant. Yeah. I hope um, he's matured. Yeah. That, he had some comments a couple seasons ago. I hope we're past that. I want to like him more. I think he's out. matured. Yeah. Um I did see some news of why he chose to change his number to number, number five. five. I love stuff like that. Yeah, that was we're hearing about the death today. His mother and his grandmother died. Both died on the fifth. Mm. That's heavy. And that's his birthday. <laughs> or I think his birthday is on the fifth day of the month too. That that's that's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, Jeff, cake anything on that? Um, yeah. Jovic so first thing, yeah, I'm gonna speak about a lot of that. So first things first. Uh, I just saw a crazy TikTok the other day of how. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Aunt Edwards are Michael Jordan's long lost sons. I don't know. They could. <laughs> they <laughs> they are. But Jimmy Butler, they've been saying about Jimmy Butler for years. Yeah. yeah. But Aunt Edwards, yeah. Now, I mean, Aunt Edwards like, is Jimmy's know. little brother. Like, it's right there. I, I think so. And I'll say this. When I, when I look at winning organizations and I look at people like Phil Jackson's been at where he's been for how many years and he's won how many rings. A lot of good winning organizations do not change coaches like that. As we can see in winning time right now, uh, there's a conflict right now of coaching, but it's still okay, but we won. So how do we fix this? And we'll see how that goes on. But I'd, I'd have to say 
with only four coaches in our franchise history, uh, and Eric Spolster standing out as one of them. I mean, we had Ron Rothstein, Stan Van Gundy, Pat Riley, and now Eric. I mean, like, for him to stand out and has done what he's done with the players that he has, it's nothing but accumulation of everything that Miami has really gone through and what Pat Riley has gone through, put into mm-hmm. one person. Uh, when you mm-hmm. throw somebody in a, in a video room, like how Pat Riley was throwing video room, for him to understand and dissect, like, to the point where it's like, I don't even have the same type of trained eye as uh, uh, Eric Spolstra, you have to understand that he knows how to utilize people. And I think people understand uh, the benefits of the other people. Again, you don't want Eric Spolstra on that Team USA. The uh, reason why I'm saying that is because I think when you look at how Team USA has been winning, nobody has been really averaging 20 points like that. Everybody's been under 15. And how does Eric Spolstra win? Everybody's scoring 15 points, and you usually got like seven to eight people scoring 15 points at the same time. So uh, a lot of that has been Eric Spolstra's implement on how to utilize every player and not make one person stand out or whatever. Like, they can change Josh Howard, um, put him to start and take out Brandon Ingram, and I think they'll still be perfectly fine But by the way they adjust. And I think coaching does matter. And I think that um, – I don't want to say anything bad about the Nets, but – like when you really are forcing yourself um, as a player to get a coach instead of just working with somebody who knows something, like for instance, like people want Ime Udoka as their coach. You know what I'm saying? Because people understand what Ime Udoka can bring. People want Steve Kerr as their coach. Popovich, like everybody always has something great to say. And when you hear people say great things like how Popovich came uh, became successful with the players, how he worked and how he went about things like, you kind of have to understand certain uh, coaches hold a certain type of uh, power. And I don't think a Steve Kerr can even match to Eric Spolstra because, granted, Steve Kerr has been blessed with Steph Curry, but uh, I don't know if Steve Kerr was given a bag of rocks if he can make some M&Ms. I'm not sure about that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. have to give Eric Spolstra that credit. Um, I think he, by the end of his tenure, and the man has been with the team for, what, almost 10 years now? Uh, a little bit more than that, what, 12, 13? So I think by the end of his career, he's going to looking at 30 years maybe. Um, and I think he has learned that workaholic uh, work ethic from Pat Riley to the point where it's that they take a capital seat shot every two hours so they can stay up forever. Um, I don't think these coaches in Miami sleep uh, because I think winning to them matters that much. Um, and I think there's a healthy balance. And to be honest with you, uh, Andre Iguodala said it in a – in a interview the other day or a podcast that um, he would take 95% of a heat culture to bring to his team that he's going to try and create and try and win with that. Because what he was explaining is that the heat um, organization asked a whole bunch of things. They asked for nothing but accountability effort and to go all out um, for the organization. And a lot of people aren't willing to bring all three to the table. And when you're willing to bring all t- three to the table, be a selfless player Usually you're able to be yourself, as we see in Jimmy Butler. Like, sometimes I think he's a little bit too passive and selfless at times. I think he needs to be more aggressive. But I think that's what heat culture is about. Because if I'm Jimmy Butler as a superstar, is not going to make the shot. I don't care if you're the weakest link. Uh, Max Truth, you better make that shot. And I think that's the type of embodiment a lot of these new guys are looking for. Because winning is going to start mattering. The money is going to come. New CBA is here. So they already know they're going to get the money. What's next if the money's already there? That's another winning. conversation because I'm I'm going to have a follow-up session just talking about the CBA because everybody's not going to get the money. The middleman is going to be mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We, saw but you, yeah. we saw it this summer. We saw it this summer. The middleman is going to get squeezed out. And that's one of the reasons I heard C.J. McCollum yeah. um, yeah. was good with that particular portion of the CBA because he wanted to get an increase the mid for the mid level exception. But mm-hmm. these this is that's not gonna happen. The mid and lower tiers are not gonna get the money that they think they are. Which is fine because that means we don't pay a 26 year old Duncan Robinson 15 million a year. You know what I'm saying? We can save that money for somebody else as an Anthony Edwards who can help us out a lot better. So what I'm saying about the people who are already gonna get the money, we're looking at the people who are already on the USA roster that already have that um, above average status mm-hmm. where they could uh, qualify for that new CBA deal. So when you look at those players, the Ant Edwards, the Brandon Ingrams, they're going to qualify for the new CBA deal regardless. So you, what we got to do is just make sure that they know that they're going to get the money. Where do they want to win now? You know what I'm saying? Because all the teams are going to have the money. A lot of te- a lot of people, and when we see the, the flushing out of these superstars like the James Hardens, and the Dame Lillard's and these $60 million contracts from the last CBA, we're going to see, okay, who gets the money now, okay? I mean, it's we're going to see. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say it's more spread out now. I mean, we're going to see that, but I think one thing that people that are constructing these teams need to keep in mind is you also need other players on the roster. Like, yeah, That's it. Like, not everybody is going to be wanting to come to teams for just the vet minimum. Like you said, there and are that's a the lot problem of I'm saying already. mid-tier guys somewhere from the – Four years, 63 mil, 72 mil, that type of range. Who you're right. Like that you I, I so many of the contracts this season, like this offseason, were just ginormous. And then you saw like serviceable guys getting two, five, eight, eleven type of deals, but having to like beg and claw and plead and, and scratch for there's a lot a of decent. that minimum stuff going on out there. That's a little some of these deals I'm seeing, I'm like, are you serious? Now I want I know you I know Heat fans love their front office. And to me, you guys love Jimmy. I think Jimmy, I don't know what happened with Jimmy at the end of the series last season, but we would move forward. And with Heat fans and y'all may see it a completely different way, but I don't know if Jimmy is really is that guy, but I'm going to let that go. I know you guys are going to hop on that. As soon as you respond, you'll start off with that. But what happened at the end of, you know, what, you know, Jimmy to me, he, what happened? Like, are we going to say he was tired? Are we going to say he um, was injured? Like, I feel like (laughs) he was needed to step up. He wasn't, and he wasn't that dude. So if it, if you're gonna say injuries and he was tired, okay. Um, but I'm not. I love Jimmy, but I, I I'm not one of those people that sees Jimmy as a number one guy. So before Jimmy came, I don't. I didn't see him necessarily as a primary, as the hub of your offense type of guy. Um, but what I have always understood is the mentality with which he brings to the game yep. i think it's and, yep and his desire to be good at it yeah and i've said this before and people like dog me jimmy butler didn't come into the league as a scorer people still will be hesitant to call him a scorer i think the jimmy that we have now um is more score capable than he has been And I'm not someone who makes excuses for injuries. I believe if you're on the floor, um, you have to play. And I understand there's a um, 
a particular optic that comes with big names not playing in playoff games and people like, oh, no, you can't sit him, hurt or not, he has to play. There's there's space for a discussion there. What I will say genuinely, though, is that this past postseason, Jimmy was on a tear. Um, Jimmy has the... Jimmy has Jimmy has the game to honestly to get whatever he wants. A lot of what's held Jimmy back has been like this unwillingness to stretch his jump shot, but he has. And so and he and Jimmy elevates his play every postseason, every postseason that he's been in a Miami uniform, except the season after the bubble where we had Miami and L.A. had the shortest off seasons in NBA history where we got swept in the Buck series. Jimmy was awful. This season, this postseason, the Josh Hart injury um, or the the injury that he sustained in the Knicks game when Josh Hart kind of like slide tackled yeah. into his yeah. ankle, honestly was was very devastating. I watched Jimmy walk. I watched Jimmy limp. I watched him pass out of stuff that um, a healthy Jimmy understanding what was at stake wouldn't have. What I will say is – I did not like what I saw from him. He, Jimmy has Jimmy is one of those guys who is like, there's a fine line between like crazy, cocky, and confident. And and Jimmy frequently like will double dutch tap dance back and forth those lines. And we had a chance um, to close out Boston much sooner than we did. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy played around a lot in all three of the resulting closeout games he did no and 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 it was it was things like it was it was a lot of missed things at the basket it was a lot of poor effort it was stuff that I someone who who watches the game the way that I do I noticed and I called it out early and I think you saw um stuff linger and the Boston series ended up being longer than it needed to, which shortened the amount of rest that we have going into high ass altitude Denver on top of a bum ankle. So I think that there were a lot of things. I do think Jimmy is capable of being your primary guy, but if he is your primary guy, you need someone just as capable next to him. I don't think that Jimmy can be like your clear one, and then there's a clear gap between one and two. If Jimmy is that, your yeah, one, yeah. If Jimmy is your one. You need to have um, someone close enough to him to where one and two one a and one b one a and Bam one b. hasn't consistently been one b. Tyler hasn't been healthy. Your last two playoff runs. Tyler Hero changes the complexion of the Denver series and Tyler changes the complexion of the Boston series from two years ago, particularly by way of Tyler's ability in the mid range and the short gap that Boston plays the short drop that Boston plays defensively. Tyler makes a difference, but I do think that if Jimmy is your, the head of your snake, then your second guy should be almost a a Siamese head. Okay, I I feel you on that, and I I accept that because I think that his intangibles that Jimmy has is needed. Um, I just think that even the time, skill though you got you got to watch his his the footwork, the body control, the ability to manipulate defenses at his own pace. Jimmy is incredibly skilled, and I I, I want. Oh yeah, I know to... he's incredibly skilled. I just think that sometimes when he has the 
offensive load, when he has to carry the offensive load, I think that that's when sometimes you can you can see that there's an there's a need there's another need on that court that's not mm-hmm. on the court. And that that's why I'm coming from with that. Um, in terms of he is that guy in terms of everything, but when it comes to scoring, sometimes that can be inconsistent when it's needed because of that gap you said between the one and, and the three. As we look at do one thing I wanted to ask, I only have two more questions. If you had one and, and keep this one short if you can, if you had one criticism for your front office, because I know you guys love Pat Riley. I know you guys love the coaching staff and your player development staff. If you had one criticism as a fan, because usually when I ask these questions, you know, some fans can just go, go and go. But Heat Culture, y'all love, you know, y'all whole team. So if you can come up with one criticism for any part of the front office, coaching, player, anything, what would it be? So I'm going to go ahead and say this. Um, sometimes I think they listen to their players a little bit too much. Um, and I don't think it's too much, but I think it's like certain players, uh, they listen to a little bit more like they're going to listen to Jimmy and they're going to listen to LeBron. All right. And I think that kind of hurt us in certain aspects because we didn't have to sign Kyle Lowry, to be honest with you. And I think that was a little bit Jimmy influence as well as we didn't have to draft Shabazz Napier. And I think that was a LeBron influence. That you know what I'm saying? I think. <laughs> and I think what we needed to do is stick to our guns of how we do our process and whatnot, because I think those two issues, and it's funny, they're both point guard issues, came about because of what we thought was going to influence. Now, now it brings us to that Dane point. It's like, okay, now we're dealing with the same type of issue. A 30-something-year-old guy who is, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he's really, really good. But, like, how is he going to turn out in our uniform? Is he going to be the Dame Lillard that yep. we got? But uh, the, the last thing I wanted to say real quick is that you said is Jimmy Butler – you don't think he's him, um, but Jimmy I Butler think he's him. Him. I just I wasn't clear. I think he's him. I think that at times when he has to shoulder the offensive load, it feels like you're putting too much on him, and he is reasonable. That's how I. That's how I feel. I feel like so it needs to be a scoring punch that is consistent in the starting lineup. That's how I feel. So game. Game one of the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs, when we went against Milwaukee, we were up, I think it was 15 or a little bit more, when Tyler Hero went out with an injury. And I always say this. I said, if Tyler Hero never got injured, this playoff run would look a lot different. We wouldn't have that 3-0 comeback. We wouldn't have us losing two games to the Knicks. I think it would have been a lot quicker. I think it would have been a 5-1 on three rounds to be honest with you, because the way that Tyler was shooting, the way that that team clicked after that, uh, the Chicago Bulls win, like I've never seen the team turn around on a dime where their whole offensive unit switched. Like their, their offensive rating went from last to like top 10 in the postseason. So I got to say that Tyler Hero is subjective for that 1B title if we were to think about not adding anybody else. And I think he is capable of it. Uh, it's just something to see. But, again, with the front office, I think they just need to stick to their guns and not try and get influenced by their star players on who they should pick up. And I know Jimmy's tapping on that day time, but at what cost? That's it. My criticism of the front office would be the propensity to go big game hunting every offseason. Um 
I agree with you about the way that these stars um, have some sway with them, but that, that's every organization. You're going to want to, you know, keep your, your main guys happy. The LeBron thing is interesting because I think he found he actually didn't have as much influence as he thought he would expect it to, or as he has in all of his other situations. <laughs> yeah, that's right. why he got up out of there. Um, with the Dame thing, I think, and I've thought this for a bit, and I'm trying to speed it up. I think that Miami is still living in the shadow of the way that they handled Dwayne's departure. So they are, they, they, they lowballed him. They made him wait behind other guys. They took him for granted in this idea that he would always be there for them. And he wasn't wanted to be, but he, I don't think that he felt valued in the way that a Dwayne Wade should have been valued by the Miami Heat. And so because of that, I think everything kind of thereafter, or there was a large chunk, and I and, and some of it they're still dealing with the residuals, is how do we make up for that? How do we find the line between um showing the right type of value for our guys? And that means taking their influence with regards to roster construction, but also um maintaining like you said the process in the way that they have been comfortable always going about things and even a lot of the big game stuff that is at least tangentially all tied into way to Dwayne Wade too Dwayne got LeBron and Chris there Dwayne got Jimmy there and so Miami and Pat deserve their credit but like there is some credit to also go around so what I what I haven't liked in the maybe two three off seasons is Oh, we hear Giannis is available. All eggs in that basket. KD is flirting with leaving. Bunch of eggs in that basket. Now the Dame thing, and where we're we're always able to cobble things together and we put it together and we make it look good. Um, but I, and I think more so coming into this season, I would have liked them to. Um, you know, you don't necessarily need a whale all the time. You can get a couple prize winning bluefin tuna and be fed and you can be like all right and i i would like to see um or not would like to see i guess that is where i would have a criticism but it's tended to work out for them in the past but again you also had other relationships still in the building who also tried to be in the building but you wouldn't show ownership stake or however Dwayne ended a partial owner in utah but not like before he was in Miami. So I think there's there's still doing a lot of like relationship image repair while trying to um, do what they think is best for the group. Now showing loyalty to Jimmy because he is one of those types of guys, but also positioning themselves for the future. Oh, they're fixing that now with the whole UD. Like, goodness gracious, they're giving UD oh. the whole shebang. And to be honest with you, I think that's, the two people they needed to clean the relationships up with Udonis Haslam and Dwayne Wade. Uh, when you do that, that brings ambassadors back to Miami that help you get the Jimmy Butlers of the world because you got to, Dwayne Wade was a vital and Dwayne never faltered. Dwayne never faltered. Nope. Dwayne was in Chicago selling Jimmy on Miami. Like he could have had, he could have not bad mouthed Miami, but he could have taken it more personal and, and like, nope, they're going to treat you well, but I don't know if they're going to look out for you. Like Dwayne could have handled that much differently than he did and he didn't um yeah yeah uh, my last question is I you know I like to do like a little rewind capsule with these teams um 
these team conversations, each of you name your favorite Miami Heat team um, from the past and all time. And, and why is that team your favorite all time? The year and who was, who was your starting lineup and, and why? What season was that? Um, Ooh. I'm just gonna go ahead and say 2006. Obviously, uh, we had Gary Payton, Jason Williams, Dwayne Wade, Edonis Haslam when his prime, Alonzo Mourning, Shaq, James Posey, Antoine Walker, uh, Michael mm-hmm. Doliak, Shannon Anderson. Uh, we had a lot of guys that I think it really gelled well together. And to be honest with you, to have all those different types of eagles on one team. Uh, to literally put their egos aside for one person, Dwayne Wade, to go ahead and, and, and boost that up. The whole 15 strong, like, I think that year, 2006, set it up for where in the next 20 years we became probably the winningest franchise in the NBA. Like, we've been to the most finals since then, I believe. Uh, and ever since LeBron's been here, like, we're the only team to pick up LeBron and win two titles with him. He has his most rings down here. So I'll say 2006, it just embedment championship mentality. Like it could have been one of those one and done things like we have with the Miami Marlins, but it really cemented something there. So 2006. I, um, I think I'm going to say, so I really, really, I really like last year's roster. Um, they were probably my favorite um, feel of roster because I was, highly invested in Gabe, highly invested in Max, became highly invested in Haywood. Um, I think if Gabe and Max were still on this roster, this year's roster would probably be my favorite because of the versatility that we have at the wing four-ish position that we haven't really had in a while. Again, I really like Ami. I really like Nicola. Um, And Jamal Kane's going to be like sneaky effective for them. so outside of last year, this year, if Max and Gabe were still here, the 2012-2013 team, the 27 win streak team, that was just such a fun time. Like, and it became so pressurized as they went deeper into the streak because they were getting their best shot, like teams' best shot against them every night. Um, and it it was just fun to feel from the fan base. And it was it was so much fun to watch. So I'll probably go to 2012-2013 roster um, and I closely just, followed I just, by last year. Yeah, you had a second one, Siobhan, so I want to add my second one. I think my second one is Dwayne Wade's last year uh, oh, when was Bam fun. was hella young, when they had yeah. Kelly Olenek, and I think yeah. they went on like a 20-something game win streak and just missed the playoffs. But we beat the Golden State Warriors on a buzzer beater. Uh, Dwayne Wade dropped for his triple-double in Philly. Um, it was one of my favorite rosters because it, it had a whole bunch of flaws. And those flaws were lovable flaws. Like, I love Deion Waiters. You know what I'm saying? And I, I love Hus- – I think Hassan West – no, Hassan West, I wasn't on that team. But, like, it's just – that was a really fun team to watch and to see Eric Spolcher make it work with Dwayne Waiters last time. Uh, yeah, I think that was a perfect year for him to go out. What would have been – I'm going to leave it alone. The 2016 roster would have been fantastic had Chris still been healthy. The year we had Joe Johnson, Josh McRoberts, uh, Tyler Johnson, Justice, Darrell Wright. Like, that was a fun feeling team. I wish um, Chris Bosch and his clots didn't happen, but 
I think Justice Winslow would have been a lot better if he had Chris Bosh next to him. I'm just saying that. I think it would have spaced the floor out a little <laughs> bit more for him to be a more of a lefty and just drive it. But I don't know. Who knows? For me, I would say, like, I used to love and um, the Miami Heat-Knicks battles in the 90s. Um, and my favorite in, um roster I love seeing battle when I was able to watch them was the 96 team because that was you guys 60 win season. Um, you know, I used to love watching Tim Hardaway to crossover. Um, just- That's when Tim just got there with, yeah, with Dan Marley and um, yeah, Dan Alonzo. Marley, Alonzo Mourning. Um, those led teams. I really, I really liked Zoe um, with the Miami Heat. He always, and I'm going to do, and I'm sorry, don't take away my basketball loving card. But Alonzo Morning always looked beautiful in a suit. Um, and, um one of my man. friends and to this day, you can't tell her nothing about Alonzo Morning. Like she the oh sun God. rises and sets like one Alonzo Morning. But I loved that Miami Heat team because to me they were fighters. They won 60 games that season. So to me, they were always grinders. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and um, so you know me, you know I'm gonna take it back because I'm, you know, I'm the historian side of me. But that's my um favorite team that I've watched. You know, because I used to love those battles with the Knicks. Those were fun. Those were some fun games, and it's still fun to see them play the Knicks. But rivalries aren't the same like they used to be. Not at all. But, Shout out to Alonzo. Yeah. He's from my area, born in Chesapeake. Shout out Virginia. My mother used to play in his softball tournament. He used to have back home. Oh like, wow! Yeah, okay. Like, okay. Yeah. I love Alonzo Morning. So mm-hmm. I want to thank you guys for being here. Good luck on the season. Um, and um, it's right around the corner. We just got the preseason schedule. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about to be September 1st. So October. 60 days. It's like, you know, like, but October's, yeah, October. We really don't count October, but <laughs> we count, our, you know, people will be playing on the court. And yeah. so it'll be on while we're doing something else. But yeah. Um, NBA be here soon. So thank you guys for being here. And um, any last messages before you before we head out? And I'm gonna have to edit the hell out of this, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No matter. <laughs> you guys are gonna test my editing skills. Uh, no, I that's didn't all. Even talk so much. Thank you. That's, thank you. I know it's all good. I, I love this. I knew it was gonna. I love both of you guys as he fans. So I knew it was gonna be. Uh, I really because you guys are both knowledgeable about your team. You guys both know your stuff. Um. And I'm telling you, guys, follow Siobhan, you know, like when she breaks down the game with her threads on, like I do threads on historical NBA, WNBA figures. Um, she does detailed threads, um, film threads. And when she gets into that bag, you know, you, you know, I learn. So definitely check that out. Definitely check her out. Um, and sometimes I have to follow up with the, what does that mean? And she will explain what it means, but it's still on a level higher than <laughs> a normal watcher. But I love her to death. Fellow hoopstress. Thank you. Um, but and JFK, the passionate um, you know, Miami Heat fan on hoop spaces who during the season when we were talking about Miami Heat ain't gonna make it to the finals. He was and he would be on there. Yes, we mm-hmm. are champion that we're gonna make it to the finals. So I wanted you guys yeah. there because you guys saw the vision. And you guys were preaching it, and y'all guys, you guys made the final. So see what we look uh, like this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> so thank you guys. You guys have a have a good night. And um, I'm about to read this book, Life in a G. So see you guys. Thank you. Good talking to you. Later. later. See you guys later. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Bye.